And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the 8 o'clock spot live here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account. I am your host, slash judge, slash moderator, Bryson Carver. Very excited to be with you on Super Bowl week. This long season, we started the 8 o'clock spot back in early August. We have now come to uh, early to mid. We're get, getting approaching mid-February. It's crazy. Long season that has flown by, and it's down to two, San Francisco and Kansas City. We're going to be talking all San Francisco, all Kansas City, all Super Bowl, all throughout today's show. We've got four fantastic guests. First off, Dylan Lima, who is a champion of of, of eight o'clock spots past. Dylan, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Uh, trying to get to this time of year, the most exciting game of the season. It's the Super Bowl that no one's wanted, but it's the Super Bowl we deserve. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, we get a good one. Yeah, I mean, me and you were talking beforehand. Like, oftentimes when you when you get the what's presumably potentially the best roster in San Francisco, and then you got the best quarterback in Mahomes, those tend to be uh, some of the better games we got. But shout out to Dylan Dalton Brown, a previous multi-time champion of the eight o'clock spot, and a guy who I know deep down just loves him some Bay Area. Uh, everybody knows, especially as an LA guy, Dalton Brown. How you doing, my man? I have no love for the Bay Area, but I do have a San Francisco 49ers six to one ticket riding on this Super Bowl. That being said, my hat says it all. I'm loyal to not the Bay. Well, there you go. Listen, you're pulling pull against uh, the enemy of my enemy as my friend sort of sort of situation. So uh, should be fun. Alfred Parso Jr. It's been a minute since Alfred has been on the 8 o'clock spot. He's currently, we'll show you the leaderboard in just a second. He's in our third place spot. He creates the graphics for a lot of our shows. He's been doing mine for the last month. And uh, by the way, Alfred, if I could say this, just play basketball at the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. Alfred, how was that? And welcome to the show, my man. My legs still hurt, but I'm good. <laughs> For sure. Great to have Alfred back on. And uh, finally, the only, I hate to single out, yeah, AJ, you're, you know you're my guy, but the only member to this point of the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast to have not won the 8 o'clock spot. Anthem's won, Adam has won, AJ looking to break through tonight. AJ, how you feel about your chances to get a championship here tonight in the 8 o'clock spot? Oh, uh, confidence is the same level as it is every time I, I've been able to come on, so uh, as high as it can be. But, you know, I, you know, I, present company here is... Uh, putting up a pretty formidable defense so we'll see <laughs> should be fun now we got four fantastic panels we've already got some action in the comments everybody feel free to chime in the comment section to uh, so we can hear your thoughts and your opinions what's going on patrick brown a fellow member of the grid network what's up fellas have a great show and check out the new articles as well yes patrick got some great stuff on the grid network's website uh barry grant jr in the comments where's alfred's beard dock him eight thousand points that's just hey see barry knows that he's he's that that the alfred's on his tail for that second place spot uh and potentially capacity tonight but uh Let's see. Uh, yeah, we, we got more comments about Alfred's beard. Uh, Ro Romy is the best. Uh, AJ, Cowboys camp fan represent. We got a lot of action in the comments already. Very excited. Before we get anything, let's look at our leaderboard uh, going into episode 24 of the 8 o'clock spot. Mike Guido, a sizable lead in first place at 69,000 points. Barry Grant Jr., who you just saw in the comments, is at 43,000. There's Alfred at 39,000 in third, followed by Devin Nettles. There's Dalton Brown in fifth place. John Rivera, Dylan Lima right there in seventh. Adam Bessie, Ryan Flowers, Anthony Bessie. Tim Barnard, AJ, there's AJ at 12th, Eric Van Letten, and EJ Savage to round out the 14 uh, contestants thus far at the 8 o'clock spot. Let's look at our first round rules before we get into our first segment. It's as simple as this, folks. A great take gives you 200 points. A good take gives you 100 points. An okay take gives you 50. <coughs> and a bad take, you come home empty-handed with zero points. Of the many, many storylines of which we will dive into most of them on the show, potentially chief among them, no pun intended, is Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, looking for his third Super Bowl title and who knows, potentially third Super Bowl MVP to lead the Chiefs to their 
third Super Bowl championship in the last half decade. And a lot has been made about Mahomes. He's got two championships, potentially a third. He's got a couple of league MVPs, couple of Super Bowl MVPs, and has shattered virtually every record through the first five years uh, of his career from that perspective. Uh, so I'll ask you, Dylan, if the Chiefs win this football game, assuming Patrick Mahomes plays well, where does Mahomes move up in your all-time rankings among quarterbacks? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is already great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I, I'm a big proprietor of uh, longevity. Only six years in the league, and he's done things that no other quarterback's ever done. So he, he's already you know, creeping into the top ten. With a third Super Bowl victory under his belt already, he, he might be close to the top five. Um, I hate the go talks. I really, I mean, I don't, he doesn't sniff Brady yet. You know, you got to have at least 15 years for me to really consider, you know, even the GOAT conversation. Still have Aaron Rodgers over him. Give me Peyton Manning. I mean, Joe Montana, he's one of the old guards that still deserves his love for, um, you know, being undefeated in the Super Bowl and still putting almost 20 years up. But without a doubt, I mean, Mahomes still deserves his flowers. And I, quite frankly, it's so, I mean, even comparing him to other quarterbacks in this era, you know, like Matt Stafford or even like, you know, Phil Rivers or Big Ben, like these guys put way more years, but Mahomes is already creeping up in stats. So he's definitely in that, he's definitely going to be the top five conversation. There's only 10 teams that ever won three Super Bowls, including the Chiefs already. So, you know, catapulting the Chiefs with three of their four rings will definitely put him in the top five for me. Yeah, no question. And, 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 you know, we talk about what he's done the first uh, six years of his career. You talk about the records. You talk about, I mean, it's just steps in the league. What's, what's just mind-boggling about Mahomes is that Brady's the greatest ever. I think we'd all uh, agree on that. But Brady's was sort of a, Brady's growth was a slow, gradual uh, one. With Patrick Mahomes, he comes in year two, which was his first year as a starter. Bam, 50 touchdown passes and starts a string of six straight uh, AFC title game appearances. But uh, he has put together a stretch of fantastic football. Dylan, uh, oh, I spelled your name wrong. I don't want to do that on, on Carving Up Live. I don't want to, uh, or I'm sorry, Carving up i'm already messing up on the eight o'clock spot uh uh dylan lima and i just missed his misspelled his name again rough start for the host of the eight o'clock spot here here we go let's put it out okay i'm gonna give you a, an okay take here the 50 points the only reason i gave you an okay take is i didn't get an exact uh number necessarily like four seven eight um but other than that i thought you delivered some some really good points in terms of uh what he's done the first five years uh, of his career to dalton brown where would patrick mahomes be in your all-time rankings assuming the chiefs win super bowl 58 Oh, he's number two easily for me. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, the only argument right now is Brady ahead of him. Um, and that's a pretty obvious one, right? I mean, the titles, the longevity, the numbers overall. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if we're just going by counting stats, then sure, you're going to have a couple guys, you know, Manning, Breeze, Rogers, some guys who would stay ahead of him in that sense. Uh, but in terms of the consistent winning, the consistent not only making it to conference title games, making it to Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls, there's only one other quarterback who's done it the way we've seen with Patrick Mahomes, and it's Tom Brady. Now, I think you could make an argument that Patrick Mahomes is number one if you were to look at things from the perspective of if we assume the trajectory continues. Now, the reason Tom Brady is number one, that's a massive assumption to make, right? Like, there's no reason to assume that the trajectory will continue. But we're talking three Super Bowls if he were to win this one by the time he turns 29 years old. Um there's no time. I mean, quarterbacks play a long time nowadays. And with how well he takes care of his body, um, there's no reason he can't enter the Brady conversation down the line. Um, but I, I mean, if he wins this one, I've already got him at number two. 
Yeah, and it, you can make a strong case for that. You talk about, like, I've, I've, I saw a side-by-side comparison on television earlier today about the Mahomes' first six years to Brady's, and as great as Brady, what Brady's first six years was, right? He got the the Super Bowl ti- the three Super Bowl titles. He got another appearance. He got an MVP in that span. Uh, Mahomes, again, the stretch of it. Like, I think we don't take into account, even though it's we don't like to give this necessarily as much love as Super Bowls, rightfully so, the six straight AFC title games is insane. He just now played his first road uh, AFC title game, which is just unbelievable and shows you that the dominance of Kansas City in the regular season, this really being kind of the outlier year in that regard. Uh, Dalton, great take. I'm going to give you to the full 200 points here uh, to put you uh, in first place for the moment. But I, I think, listen, I'm sort of of the, of the ballpark or of the, of the camp. I talked about yesterday on my show that I think Mahomes definitely unquestionably passes Peyton Manning with the title uh, on Sunday. The only reason I give Montana the slight edge is A, more titles and just as many MVPs. But you can make, listen, in terms of pure raw ability, Mahomes far exceeds uh, Montana in that regard. So Dalton Brown gets a great take. To you, Alfred Parsar Jr., where would Mahomes go in your all-time rankings if he wins this year's Super Bowl? If Mahomes wins this year's Super Bowl and plays well, I'm putting him second on the list. Uh, You only have four quarterbacks who have won three or more Super Bowls. Tom Brady, of course, being the all-time leader. Then you've got Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, and Troy Aikman. What The difference is why I would put um, Mahomes second and have him jump Aikman, Montana, and Bradshaw is because out of all those guys, mind you, these are all Hall of Famers. But look look what he has to work with. Troy Aikman had Michael Irvin. Um, Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Um, Patrick Mahomes is doing it with Travis Kelsey and the supporting cast. So you, we all got to remember uh, the Chiefs offense, especially this year. Remember, this will be his third Super Bowl win. He only had Tyreek Hill for one of those Super Bowl wins. So it's not like he has this dynamic, explosive offense. Isaiah Pacheco has been hit or miss all year. Rasheed Rice is is going to be the guy in a couple of years, but he's not the guy this year. Um, so without Travis Kelsey, uh, you take away Travis Kelsey, or God forbid he gets injured in that Super Bowl, um, we don't know how that's going to pan out uh, for Mahomes, but to be in the company that he is in now, he has two Super Bowl rings. So a third Super Bowl ring is going to put him over Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and even uh, old old timers such as uh, Roger Starback and, and Bart Starr. So um, when you when you when you're in the company of all these Hall of Famers to accomplish more than they did, um, especially with less than what they had, that that ranks you higher in my opinion. I think what's really interesting, you talked about what, what he's got to work with, particularly this year. And even you could say to, an argument can be made about last year because, with all due respect, I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster was the difference between the Chiefs being a fantastic offense last year and kind of a middle-of-the-pack one. Uh, this, not, what's that? Not, not to mention, if you look at the Chiefs' wide receiver ranks, their wide receivers are last. Their wide receiving core is last in almost every offensive statistic category for wide receivers compared to most other teams. So that should also tell you something, too. you got to be great. To, uh, to lead an offense to, to the Super Bowl and rank almost dead last in every wide receiver category. Yeah, I know for I, the, the stat that jumps out, what, what you sort of referred to there is they led the league in drops. And, you know, you think about Mahomes, like he, he was known as, and he still from time to time can do this, just not as much as he used to. He came to the league as sort of this kind of gunslinger, take big risks, but he kind of recognized now, and this is a credit to his his football IQ, is, is the fact that guys can't separate the way they used to. We, we're not going to be able to hit the play big play the way we used to. So I'm going to dial back, and pardon me for using this expression for a, a quarterback such as Mahomes, but dare I say a bit of a game manager type role, like just sort of, kind of like Baltimore. Like, I feel like they sort of let the Ravens, 
uh, mess up, make mistakes, kind of like the Patriots did, like not take any big risks, and then when you get the opportunity, kind of pounce on that. Uh, but Alfred Parso Jr., I'm going to give you a great take, 200 points uh, to tie you up with Dalton uh, on top. I think the in terms of like you said, the historical significance and what Mahomes has to work with I think is, is a valid point and a great point. Uh, so Alfred Parsar Jr. in second. I'm sorry, I'm tied for first place with Dalton. Finally with you, AJ, where does Patrick Mahomes go in your all-time quarterback rankings if he wins this year's Super Bowl? If, if he wins the Super Bowl, and uh, it kind of, for me, depends if he wins that MVP or not. If he wins the MVP, he'll, he'll, have, he'll be three for three. And um, I think, like, when I look at other other quarterbacks that kind of sets him um, ahead of those guys who have the same amount of Super Bowl wins. He's also has 17 playoff uh, playoff games in his career already, which I think is a pretty incredible number. So I, I would put him in third behind Brady and Montana. Um, but if he doesn't win that MVP, then I would put him in fourth behind Bradshaw. And I didn't have the pleasure of watching Bradshaw, but just from, you know, my, um, years of watching football and just seeing stuff about him. I think it was like uh, he won four Super Bowls. I think he had like a touchdown winning pass for all four of those games. And so if you're tied with him in terms of MVPs, still got that one Super Bowl up on, on Mahomes. But I just think that that kind of stat is exciting for me. Mind you, I didn't see him uh, live. So, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, that's that's how I would rank Mahomes. Yeah, and that's like like I said, and that's you sort of alluded to some of the things why I put Montana above, and it's not just like again. I think we oftentimes in these goat discussions, we oftentimes sort of ignore like who's the better player. I think best and, and greatest are two different you know categories. I think Mahomes the best quarterback of all time. Greatest though, that's a different. That's more of an accolade based along with your abilities. Um, but like you mentioned, like with the Super Bowl MVP does matter. Like Tom, uh, Tom got five Super Bowl MVPs. I think I think Montana got three. Rice, I think Jerry Rice won one of those Super Bowl MVPs in the '80s dynasty uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. But AJ, I'm gonna give you a good take to get you to 100 points here in second place. Uh, good take, especially the. the you know, talk about the Super Bowl MVP like that never. I mean, it occurred to me just not in the in the way that what it would do for his all time ranking. So I think you make some some really good points. We got like a million comments, so I can't get to all of them, but I'll I'll, I'll be selective for uh for some of uh, Mike Guido's already bragging about his standing in the in the uh, in the standing sixty nine thousand points. Uh, you know, props to uh, props to Mike Guido, but you know he's not competing tonight. It is what it is. Uh, Tim Frost, interesting point. He says Mahomes is going to make everyone forget about Brady. Wow, that is a big proclamation. Um, I don't know I don't know if he'll make us forget about Brady, but listen to a certain degree. Once that gap starts to, to close you know we, we could have a, a potential sort of uh discussion in that regard uh what else we got up here uh king uh, king Pearl says joe montana uh number two javier rodriguez says this dalton guy is just spitting facts so uh, you got a fan in the comments here dalton uh tim frost says dalton's the man uh the holmes does not get enough credit uh, Barry says, why aren't people talking? Why aren't people aren't talking about it? is that Brady had a very long layoff between his third and fourth 10 years. Andy Reid retiring at some point will halt the good times. I'm not ready to crown him uh, just yet. So listen, that's fair. And, and obviously, listen, they were able to just have the, th the first three Super Bowls. They went through sort of a transitional period. But even Tom still got to a couple more Super Bowls before Eli Manning uh, was able to, 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 to get the W over him both times. And by the way, Eli Manning, you saw the I, I don't know if that was a diss of Tom Brady at the Pro Bowl or whatever that was, but it was entertaining nonetheless. Let's move on to our second round rules. Uh, close first round. Let's go to the second round. Everything gets doubled. A great take gives you 400 points. A good take gives you 200. An okay take gives you 100 points. And a bad take, again, nothing. 
nothing, zilch not a zero points. Let's move on to the San Francisco side of things and talk about their quarterback. If you talk about just very different storylines with Mahomes, we're talking about where he's at in the GOAT discussion. And with Brock Purdy, you got half half the NFL fan base, uh, NFL fandom is like, oh, he's awesome. He's this, he's that. The other side thinks he's, he's a game manager. He's not that good. He's Jimmy G 2.0. I, I sort of uh, rest in the middle. I think I'm in the minority in that regard. That's just kind of like, he's good. He's not great. He's not bad. Uh, but I'll start with you, Dalton. What would Brock Purdy prove if he wins the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start answering your question by asking you a question and, and answering it myself, which is how, who are the quarterbacks who have beaten Patrick Mahomes in any postseason game? There are two of them so far, Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Um, you know, to immediately join that company says something about any quarterback. Uh, this is the same Patrick Mahomes that just knocked Lamar Jackson off when the Ravens were favored and the Ravens were looking like the team that was going to go. Um, they also went into Buffalo and just knocked off Josh Allen. I know you have mixed feelings about Josh Allen, but that's a heck of a talented pair of quarterbacks to knock off back to back. If all of a sudden Brock Purdy can say, hey, the buck stops here, that says something pretty serious about Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he embraces the term game manager. Um, I think it says a lot about kind of his character, his team oriented attitude. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he's like a top five quarterback in the league by any means, but, um, I think he's exactly what the Shanahan offense needs him to be, which is a game manager. But I think he's, I think he's pretty darn talented too. Um, I mean, he's, he's mobile enough when he needs to be, um, he's accurate enough. Um, and he has games where he looks awesome. Now, you know, I think there's another side of the coin here where he could turn the ball over three times in this game. And all of a sudden it becomes fair to ask the question of does San Francisco need to look for a more serious answer at quarterback? So it's a huge game for him. Um, I think he stands to, to gain a lot by at least just playing well, but if he wins it, um, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to argue that he's not at least top half of the league, maybe borderline top 10. Yeah, and that's you mentioned his mobility though. When you're talking about you know how the game manager aspect, but like you know that Detroit game, that his scrambles, especially in the second half, of that game is really what propelled the Niners to that comeback, especially to kind of ice the game away. And that when they put that last try to put him up ten uh, in the fourth quarter, and that's that's kind of been the thing for me that has really been the big uh, differentiating factor between him and Garoppolo. Garoppolo could not move. Garoppolo is a statue in the pocket. Uh, this party guy can move. He's got a, a, a not a great arm, but a good enough arm to get the ball uh, where he needs to on time and on target. And so I think there's a lot of good components about him. Uh, Dalton, I'm going to give you a good take here. I think when you mentioned about, you know, where Brock Purdy's at in terms of how we view him, how he views himself, how he's not, he doesn't get caught up in the narratives, at least from what he, he shows us, and he plays w well within that Shanahan offense. And by the way, the Shanahan West Coast offense has always, always, always been one that uh, plays well into the hands of, of mobile quarterbacks, as you mentioned, and Prop Purdy would would, would 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 be in that category. He's no Lamar Jackson or something, but he's certainly uh, good enough to get the job done. To Alfred Parsar Jr., what would Brock Purdy prove if he wins this year's Super Bowl? Well, I think that it, it's a multifaceted argument because if the 49ers are able to defeat the Chiefs this Sunday, to me, it doesn't it doesn't prove anything, and I'll tell you why. Number one, it's just one Super Bowl. It's it's not it's not like oh this is he's going for his second ring third ring fourth ring or whatever. Number two, going back to the point I made in the previous round, he has much more weapons on his offense than Mahomes has on on his offense. Also, he has his team has a much better defense than the Chiefs have. So it's like he has more to work with. Yes, he's slaying if he manages to slay the the Houdini of of postseason football, Patrick Mahomes. 
I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a notch on his belt. He beat one of the all-time great quarterbacks, future Hall of Famer. But at the same time, all Mahomes has the only weapon Mahomes has is Travis Kelsey, and he he has a he has a low-ranked wide receiver core. We're talking about a guy who has Christian McCaffrey, who arguably had the best season of any running back in the NFL this year, if not in the last ten years. Uh, he has Debo Samuel, who 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 can rush the ball himself, if not catch the ball. Um, he has George Kittle, top five uh, tight end in the last couple of years. And again, his defense is is much more dangerous. If I'm an opposing quarterback, I'd rather play the Chiefs defense than than play the Niners defense. So if he wins this Sunday, to me, it'll just be like, okay, he won. But it, it now it's not like he's going against a top rated defense or it's not like he has a handicapped offense. So that's 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 just the way I see it. And again, it'll be his first ring. Um, legacies get solidified with championships, but legacies, legacies mean more when there's more than one. Now we, we're having this same conversation next year after he, if he wins this Sunday, then it'll be more important to go to get more than one ring. But that's just the way I see it. I don't know. I that Kansas City, that Kansas City defense is pretty good, man. It's, 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 as a matter of fact, it, I, I would argue it's one of the top three in the league. Uh, I, I think I saw a stat. Kansas City has not given up 28 points uh, all season long. You see what they've done to to offenses like like Baltimore. Like I mean, I, I get Miami. Miami can't function when it's under 70 degrees. But at the same time, what they did to Miami, only giving up one big play on uh, the Buffalo, they were able to close the game out when they needed to. Yeah, so but, I, I don't know. But, but to play devil's advocate, Bryson, you know the Niners' defense is is when it's, when fully healthy is better than the Chiefs' defense. It's at least as good. I don't know if I'll give you better, but I, I hear your points. And, and and listen, you talk about Brock Purdy, like. It's that that does factor in as well, and that's the, the weapons that he has: McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, etc. That that's what gives a lot of people cause for pause is the fact that well, how can you screw up when you've got these guys around you? Um, but yeah, it, it's it's I don't know if I would agree that he would prove nothing, uh, but nonetheless, I will give you a if I could pull this up here, I would give you a good take to tie you up there uh, with Dalton uh, because listen, there's I think even regardless, they will there will still be some. Brock Purdy skeptics, justified or not, they'll be Brock Purdy skeptics. Uh, even though we'll, we'll get into this topic uh, later with the with the whole championship drought San Francisco has been going through, uh, but there's no question that there will still be skeptics. There's no question about it. Moving on to AJ, what would Brock Purdy prove uh, in your mind from from a Cowboys fan if he wins the Super Bowl? Yeah, I looked at this two ways. In the first way, I was like for himself, which is the more important way to look at this, by the way, than what. Um, media would think, but you know, that's going to be a, a nice gratification for everyone who supported him and him actually being able to check off a life goal. I'm sure he's had a, a goal to be a Super Bowl winner if he's, if he's a quarterback, but I think the question really was about, well, what's the media or, or uh, the public going to think about him after this? And I mean, most overachieving uh, professional athlete comes to mind. I'm saying this is what I think is going to be uh, the some sort of like clickbaitish type of headline. Well, this is where my mind would go. Or comparing him um, to Tom Brady. Is he the next Tom Brady? To, to Mr. Irrelevant showing up and winning Super Bowls when they're young. Um, you know, I'm not saying I agree with that, but these are like, uh, you know, I, I put some money on on seeing these headlines or similar ones to that. But I think if he if he wins the MVP again, it comes back to that he could be uh, put into an elite quarterback category. And again, not necessarily my perspective, um, but I'm just looking at it from like how how I think people will will look at him, right? And um, yeah, I just think like it, 
if he goes out there and wins, it could be a persuasion for more teams to start looking at the at, at how they draft NFL quarterbacks. And uh, I'm not saying that they're gonna everyone's gonna want to wait to pick the last pick in the draft, sure. but they might not put as much value into a quarterback um, when they see okay, if the argument is we can get we can get a quarterback in here to play with all these super special talented pieces and they can manage a job and get them to the Super Bowl. If that's what Brock Purdy is, 10 seconds why are we, why are we putting so much investment into a quarterback in the first round when we could for sure get a real specialty piece? So, yeah. And that's, uh, I think you bring up a great point that, and I've talked about before, like finding a quarterback is not an exact science. I know everybody points to Brady six round. Like that's the most obvious example, but listen, even guys, we don't, not everybody considers elite. Dak went in the fourth round. Kirk Cousins went in the fourth round. Russell, his peak years went in the third round. Joe Montana, third round. Um, there's no, I mean, Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant. Kurt Warner, Tony Romo, undrafted. Like, there's no – most of your great quarterbacks come from the first round, but in general, we've seen some absolute terrible guys uh, be drafted as high as first overall and then guys not even, you know, be bag of groceries in the case of Kurt Warner and turn out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, it is – there's no question. It's not an exact science. I'm going to give AJ a good take here to get into 300 points, just a, a hair behind uh, a first place. And I, I think the point about – you're all over it regarding how difficult it is to find a franchise quarterback. Like San Francisco was thinking they'd give up all this draft capital for Trey Lance. He's the guy. And it turns out I heard Jed York, the, the general manager of uh, the four, or Jed York, the, yeah, the, the general manager, owner of the 49ers, owner general manager. It's, I'm blanking right now. But uh, I, I know he referred to, uh, you know, how, oh, he's the owner, that's who it was. Uh, how he referred to Kyle Shanahan saying at, at training camp last year that uh, I think our third string quarterbacks are our best guy. It turns out. He was right. Jimmy G's the backup in, in Vegas, and Trey yeah. Lance is the third-string guy uh, in Dallas. So, Brock Purdy has certainly uh, more than lived up to, to what San Francisco drafted him as. Finally, with you, Dylan, what would Brock Purdy prove with the win on Sunday against the Chiefs? I mean, honestly, it would say a lot about him. I mean, not every day you see a Mr. Irrelevant make it to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, we talk about talented teams, and yeah, sure, the Chiefs don't have the same high-powered offense they've had in the past. You know, Mahomes, I mean, at the end of the day, the most important position is the quarterback. And Mahomes has shown time and time again that he is the best quarterback in the league. And that defense is nothing to see that, man. The fact they're able to shut down Lamar Jackson in the, in the championship round, they shut down the Bills, they shut down the Dolphins. These are all, you know, we tout these as high-powered offenses going into the playoffs. And time and time again, the Chiefs defense shut them all down. So if Brock Purdy is able to turn that around and say, you know, even with, having the team that he has around him, you know, it, we've seen plenty of great teams, just this playoffs alone that, you know, like the Cowboys, for example, is one of those teams we looked at as like, man, they got such a good team all around. I think they can make a good run and they couldn't even make it out of the first round. Even with Dak Prescott, who is strongly considered a top quarterback in the league, especially this year. Um, and they just turned around lead nag. Let's not forget Brock Purdy came back from 27, nothing against the Lions last, last uh, round. And, you know, I mean, we could always you know, talk about the same old lines and, you know, whatever. But the fact that you could come back from 27 nothing and win the game and now you're going to be in the Super Bowl and go against the best quarterback to play in the league right now, it's it will definitely say a lot for Brock Purdy because we've seen Niners teams, you know, like the Garoppolo team just have a lead and just shut down in the at, at the end of the game, couldn't do anything. And that's how Mahomes won his first ring. So, yeah, so I, I think, you know, going from where he started to where he is now is amazing. And he put up pretty good stats during the year. 
Um, and it's not, you know, we, we always put high stock into top quarterbacks and we always think that they're like the, you know, the, the franchise quarterbacks are always going to be at top picks, but that may not be entirely the case. It's more about, you know, the Ten team around you. It's a team. It's the team around you. So you can always just take any, you can, you can take a decent quarterback and turn him great if you have the right team. And I think Brock Purdy can show that. Yeah. And that's, you know, you're referring to, you know, what, what Garoppolo was unable to do. And that's, that was always my criticism. My, my, at least my big knock on Purdy is like, man, I don't know if he can play from behind, you know, off script in, in a game that's, you know, not going his way bad. Like again, the green Bay game, kind of sloppy weather, uh, throwing passes that probably easily could have been picked sixes to, to Darnell Savage. But listen, the ability to, to sort of pick himself off the map, to, to understand that this drive is, is is everything for our season, leads the game when he drive against Green Bay, down 27-10 to Detroit to to compose himself, to reel it back in, and, and to be able to lead that team to, to a comeback, scoring every single time they had the football and having a passer rating well over 100, uh, which Purdy, by the way, did lead the league in pass rating this season. Uh, highly impressive. Uh, okay, take Dylan. Uh, okay, take regarding uh, you, you know where you're at in Brock Purdy. I, I think the thing with, with him in, in terms of the overall viewpoint of him is that Again, I still think, sadly, Alfred sort of referred to it, and so did AJ. Like, I still think there will be some skepticism about him, regardless of what happens, because of the, the factors about being Mr. Relevant, and, and some of those things, unfortunately, do come uh, into the picture. We got, again, a lot more comments. Can't get to all of them, but let's see what we got uh, up in here. Uh, uh, see, we, we already got already got Dak shots going on right now. Barry can't help us up. It's rent-free at this point. Get me Purdy over pick, Scott. That's, that's just that's unnecessary. Dak ain't do nothing to you, Barry. Uh, let's see. Uh, Keem Prell, uh, Purdy will be where Russell Wilson is, but what the real question is, what will it do for Christian McCaffrey? That's a fair question. I mean, the, these conversations tend to, 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 to be around quarterbacks. Um, but, but like, yeah, the, the Christian McCaffrey, what he's been doing is, is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I see there's get, there's some pushback. Uh, Dalton, is that you Dalton in the comments right there? It might be. It might be? Okay. Uh, just one Super Bowl. We really disrespecting Lombardi like that. Uh, Barry Grant Jr. is going at you, Alfred. To say winning a Super Bowl means nothing disqualifies from this man from future shows. There are Hall of Famers that have only one Super Bowl. Hey, you know, listen, John Elway had zero up until the last two years of his career, and and, and Dan Marino wasn't able to – only got to one early in his career and was never able to – uh, to, to get back, but uh, yeah, Guido says uh, Dalton is a thousand percent right. Bryce is getting tight with the points. Listen, I run this show, okay? Uh, Mike, uh, take that up with Mike and with Barry. They they, they put me in the spot, but uh, listen, I'm very excited to, to be here with uh, with these guys. Let's see what do we got. Um, oh, okay, I appreciate it, Javier. I'm gonna get some love in the comments. Nobody gives us host credit, give him his flowers. Red looks good in you, King. Well, appreciate that, Javier. Thank you very much. Uh, and Clint Alexander says Chiefs taking it, man. No question. We'll get to that. By the way, a special uh, quick little announcement for the 8 o'clock spot is that everybody moves on to the final round. Usually what we do is we have the top two point getters get to the final round. You kind of got to earn your spot there. But it's a Super Bowl episode. I know I want to know what everybody thinks, who they got winning the game and why. Uh, so for that reason, all four are going to make the final round. But before that, we got the third round rules coming up. Again, everything gets doubled from the second round. A great take gives you 800 points. A good take gives you 400. An okay take gives you 200. And a bad take again, zero points right there. So again, there's a lot of storylines regarding the Chiefs dynasty and, and some arguments about are they a dynasty yet? They only have two rings. A third title would unquestionably put them as the NFL's dynasty. Really, I guess you could say of the 2020s to sort of succeed uh, the Patriots 20-year run. Uh, but a big story with Kansas City's dynasty and Mahomes' greatness, Kelsey's greatness, Andy Reid as well. And then you got San Francisco who as great as they are, as loaded as they are, as much of success as they've had in the last 25 years or so, 
They've gotten to a couple Super Bowls. They got to a Super Bowl just five years or four years ago with this very squad. Uh, they have not won a title. This will this is hard to believe for some people. The Dallas Cowboys have won a Super Bowl more recently than the 49ers, if you can believe that. They have not won since 1994. So I will start with you, my, my friend Alfred Parsar Jr. What do you think the bigger storyline is, or maybe the more important storyline? Is it Kansas City's potential dynasty if they haven't reached that yet? Or is it San Francisco breaking a long championship drop? I think it's San Francisco breaking the drought, and I'll tell you why. Um, amongst sports, you you get very passionate fan bases, and fan bases, as we've seen, and, and not just football, but every sport, basketball, baseball, when there's a team that breaks a drought, especially when the fans have been suffering for a very long time, it always makes for that feel-good story. It's always major news because, and I'll give I'll give some examples. Uh, when when the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors, sorry, my friend. And uh, they won their first NBA title in in God knows how long. Um, The story was, the the headline story was not only about LeBron, but they put the drought right next to it. Uh, Same thing when the Chicago Cubs won the 2016 World Series. Yes, they talked about Javi Baez and, and Anthony Rizzo and all these guys, but they also put an emphasis on the 100 plus year drought of them winning the World Series. Um, Everybody... Everybody knows that that the Chiefs are a dynasty. While they only have two Super Bowl rings, everybody, everybody, I, I would assume, would would wake up in the start of training camp and expect the Chiefs to always have a deep playoff run. The last couple of years, they've won two, they've lost one. They're always in the mix. Uh, when he did lose to Burrow, it was the AFC Championship game. So I mean, you know, um, the ex- the success is already expected of them. Their fan base is not starved for 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 success or championships in that matter. Um, to not have a Super Bowl win since 1994, that's 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 kind of steep, especially when you uh, you not only take into account uh, 10 years ago, actually, when they lost to the Ravens in a game that they led. Uh, I'm pretty sure the, the 49er fans out there haven't forgotten about that. And then prior to that, they were bad for a very long time uh, in the uh, after after the Jeff Garcia, Terrell Owens days. So I, I, I think the bigger story would be them breaking the drought than the Chiefs winning another one just for the just because the fans will will have something to rejoice about finally after coming so close a decade ago and and to now slay slay the the Houdini of postseason football in Mahomes and company and they'll get and they'll get a Taylor Swift to not be on the cover of Madden next year so so, so, so we have already confirmed uh, anti-Swifter. I, I hear the eight o'clock spots is it's rough it's rough out that there but listen I I think like there's People do forget, listen, like San Francisco after that Steve Young uh, run there that they had in the 90s, uh, where, by the way, one of the more underrated quarterbacks in NFL history, Steve Young, uh, they had a stretch, like you said, of some of bad, bad football. Up, It wasn't really until Jim Harbaugh came in, just kind of stabilized the organization. Then they fired him, ran through some coaches, uh, came ac- across Kyle Shanahan. And, and by the way, real quick, I don't usually go to the comments mid-segment, uh, but it is uh, noteworthy. Our guy Tim Barnard, who has been on the 8 o'clock spot multiple times, he says if the Niners win, I don't think it's about the Niners' 30-year drought, but more about Kyle Shanahan finally overcoming his blunders to win. Like, that's kind of the knock on Shanahan is, like, brilliant offensive coach, great, you know, schemer, run designer, all that West Coast offense. But the blown fourth quarter leads to Atlanta, to uh, when he was the OC for the Falcons. Uh, or, yeah, sorry, blown fourth quarter lead to the Patriots when he was the OC of the Falcons. Blown fourth quarter lead to Kansas City. Blown fourth quarter lead to the Rams in the NFC title game a couple years back. Uh, that would go a long way for, for, for Kyle Shanahan. There's no question about that. Uh, Alfred, I give you a good take. I would have given you a great one. The only reason I, I didn't give you a great one is because, A, you took a shot at my Warriors. I'm, I'm just kidding. That's not why I gave you a good take. It has nothing to do with it. 
with it. Uh, it has more to do with the fact I the Niners' 30-year drought would be more applicable to, like you mentioned, the Cubs, to the, to the city of Cleveland, those those cities, those franchises, if it were like a Detroit. Right? Like if this were Detroit, it'd be like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. They finally broke the curse of Bobby Lane from the, from the 50s. Uh, San Francisco has at least one within the modern uh, contract of the Super Bowl era. Uh, but nonetheless, still a good take by Alfred Parser Jr. to AJ. What's the bigger storyline in your mind, AJ? Is it the Kansas City Chiefs pending dynasty if it's not already become official yet, or is the Niners trying to break a 30-year title drought? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, maybe I am the old school. I'm coming around to this, but a dynasty to me is is three championships in a row or three in four years. Um, that's that's. But look, I, I know the a lot of the leagues had less teams in it back then when that was a little bit more uh, achievable. So I'm coming around to to being all right with calling the, the Chiefs a dynasty. But to answer your question, um, I I look at, like, back-to-back's impressive, absolutely, definitely. But, I, of course, I certainly don't want Taylor Swift touching that Lombardi either. Um, but She's not a player, the, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen if, if the Chiefs win. But, look, 49ers, uh, that, that Super Bowl win would put them tied for first with, seven Super Bowls on the team with uh, the Steelers, your Steelers, Bryson, and uh, the Pats, and puts them one behind Tom Brady, two, by the way, um, and uh, also ahead of the Cowboys, okay? It, it brings that, leaps them above the Cowboys, and they'll have um, six Super Bowls there. But what I like better about San Francisco winning is it sets up a nice trilogy, and I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, in the next two years, we see this run back again with Chiefs and 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 49ers. I'm not hoping for it, but I'm just saying I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. And so in that event and building up this storyline over, say, starting this year and the next three years, um, that's what I would like to see is 49ers win. And then they if you know, if it's inevitable that they're going to play again, at least it's going to be a, a, uh, a winner takes all kind of game in number three. So, you know, that sort of storyline is more exciting to me. Yeah, like the, the the listen. That's that's all the more reason for me to root for the Chiefs is because they could tie Pittsburgh and New England with the six championships. Uh, definitely want to at least maintain that lead with the Patriots, and who knows, maybe in the next decade if we can finally get a quarterback, actually at least attempt to get to seven. But listen, like you said with San Francisco, the the history with the with the eighties run, the eighties dynasty, being able to win in the nineties and and be able to come back thirty years later, even with all the the t- t- tumultuous things going on in the NFL with the Patriots running that running the show for two decades prior to twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, really that San Francisco tying up would go a very long way. So uh, solid points, AJ. I'll give you an okay take to get you to 500 points here. Uh, I, I think overall the, the the sort of narrative surrounding San Francisco and be able to break this drought are, are, are one that uh, I don't think has been as big of a story. It's partly why I included it uh, in the segment. Uh, Dylan, your take. Would a Chiefs dynasty which with the title, which they would undoubtedly cement themselves as, or a San Francisco 49ers breaking champ their championship drought, which would be a bigger story in your mind? I think I have to go with the Chiefs, quite honestly. I mean, as much as breaking a drought is always nice, um, the Niners have had long sustained success, even with their Super Bowl losses. I mean, they're always a team that you know has been in it, you know, done well. And even with uh, established championships going you know, back, you know, a couple of decades ago, it does kind of give me a little bit of a Cowboys-ish kind of feel where, you know, they had their dynasty in the past. They had 
a lot of success. And I don't think anyone's going to really, you know, even if the Niners get their sixth championship, I don't think they're going to look at that much differently than if we did have a Lions or if we did have a team that didn't have as much success breaking their drought. Um, but with the Chiefs, on the other hand, um, winning back-to-back championships is not easy. The last time we saw this was the early 2000s with the Patriots. Go Dating back, I mean, like the 2010s is the only decade in NFL history full decade, I should say, that we didn't have a back-to-back championship uh, winning team. And I think that's huge um, because, I mean, especially uh, pre-salary cap, we always had these teams that just heavily dominated. And I feel like we also had, like, especially since the previous 20 years um, with Tom Brady, I think we kind of got exhausted and kind of just used to having a team just being so dominant. And now with Mahomes and the Chiefs now starting their possible dynasty with this championship, I think we're kind of just used to it. But I think the historic um, like uh, implications of them winning back to back with the Chiefs is like is just so big, and especially considering how early Mahomes is in his career. If he can still sustain the success and win the back to back, and you know continues this trajectory, then you know we Mahomes could set some insane records that could be possibly unbreakable. And you know, and with considering the amount of great teams that have been around, especially in those 2010s, for not a single back-to-back championship, I think it would definitely be very big for not only Mahomes' case but just the Chiefs in general for them to get that dynasty this this year. That's a fascinating stat. I never thought about. That. I mean, I, I knew it had been base essentially two decades since we had a back-to-back championship with the, or champion with the Patriots in 03 and 04, But uh, I, I did not even think about the 2010s. Obviously, kind of was this. Obviously, the Patriots got I think at one point three titles in five years in 14, 16, and 18. But listen, you had teams like Seattle who almost at least looked like they were going to potentially be the next dynasty, and the Patriots kind of stole that from them in, in Super Bowl 49. You had Denver winning. You had uh, the yeah the uh, the Rams the early 2020s, uh, and, and then a team that decade. That's kind of when Kansas City. Dynasty started. That's a fascinating stat. So, Dylan Lima, uh, we haven't had a great takes as the first round. My friend, you got it up to 950 points. Dylan is in the lead uh, for the moment. We'll see what Dalton has to say, but uh, great take. I, I think the historical ramifications of, of, of a Kansas City dynasty is, is highly significant. So, great take there by Dylan. Finally, with you, Dalton, what would a Kansas City Chiefs, uh, or sorry, let me rephrase that. What would be more impactful? A Kansas City Chiefs win to cement this dynasty or a 49ers win to break a 30 year, I wouldn't say curse, but a drought? Yeah, and and so I think the original question was what would be a bigger story, right? Um, the bigger story would be Kansas City winning, undoubtedly, and and kudos to Dylan because that was the that was the first you know legitimate take of the three to me, and not just because of the size the side he was on. Um, this idea that we're comparing San Francisco to tortured franchises like the Cleveland Cavaliers and Chicago Cubs is absurd. It's one of the most successful franchises in NFL history. And by the way, there are 32 teams in the NFL. If every team was equally tortured or had equal likelihood each year of winning winning it, you expect to win about one every 32 years. This isn't a drought. Like winning one in every 30 years is not a drought. It's about what you expect for any given NFL franchise. So I want to start there. Um, Secondly, if we're talking about what's a bigger story, there's nothing that the media likes more as far as a larger story to talk about than the impending building of a dynasty, um, the existence of a dynasty and the building of a dynasty. That's as big as a story gets. You don't think newspapers and you know pundits nationally loved the fact that the Patriots were so good for so long. That type of building success gives you a deeper and more intense story to talk about. 
right? You're, you're telling a longer story. You're talking about legacies as opposed to just, well, the story of this season. Um, in terms of like how exciting the story would be, it's not even close. It's the Chiefs. Um, the places you can take where Mahomes might go from this title, um, you know, Dylan hit on it. That's that's the bigger story by far. Now, I mean, San Francisco you know, would create stories of its own, but not nearly on the scale that Kansas City is, right? I mean, that, that, this is the type where it's like, okay, now that now he's got three. Um, so for me, it's not even close. I mean, San Francisco, you know, good for them. I guess they're overcoming a couple years of almost getting it, sort of. Um, but, I mean, what are they overcoming that the Bills wouldn't have been overcoming this year or that, you know, several other teams wouldn't have been overcoming this year? I mean, th- the better story than the Niners was the team they beat last round, not the Ten Niners. Seconds, Dalton. So, not even close. Yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, you sort of hit on a point that I've said for years. Like, the and the NFL is really the only sport that can kind of get away with it because of their overall popularity on television is parody really isn't that good for professional sports historically. I mean, we listen, the Bulls in the 90s, highest rated decade probably, in, I think, in NBA history, if I'm not mistaken. Bird and Magic saved the NBA in the 80s. And Golden State, everybody hated Golden State. And listen, maybe I sound biased as a Warriors fan, but let's be honest, the league was, the NBA was a lot more intriguing. There was a lot more storylines when Golden State was, what's that? Yeah, and Bryson, even in baseball, right? The 90s were a bit of a golden age for baseball while the Yankees yeah. were winning over and over and over. It, it sells. It, it, it does. And that's... I'm listen. I'm sort of half saying this, but listen, the Dodgers are, are are certainly not a dynasty. But I would, if your Dodgers were to go on a little bit of a run, I think baseball desperately needs a villain. It hasn't really haven't had one since the Yankees, as you mentioned. Like that's those tend to be good for sports historically. So great take there, Dolphin. That Dalton that puts you in the lead with 1,200 points uh, going the final round. Now normally that would mean our point totals. If you look at them right now, Dalton and Dylan in, at first and second. That would mean Dalton and Dylan move to the final round. But it is a special Super Bowl episode, so everybody moves on uh, to round four because I want to hear everybody's Super Bowl uh, predictions. Real quick, though, we do have a comment by Barry. He says, as a Cowboys fan, I want the drought to continue. I have my voodoo doll for Kyle Shanahan ready to roll. Listen, we, we don't be wanting to commit dark magic here on, 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 the, on the grid network. What is going on? Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, final round again. Usually it's the top two point getters, but uh, it's everybody this, uh, this round. If I can pull up the graphic, here we go. So final round, Sybil's this. The winner, which will be among four contestants this go-around, gets 10,000 points. It really is the great equalizer of this 8 o'clock spot tournament. Again, Mike Guido is in first over second place by 26,000 points. This 10,000 points for anybody can go a very long way uh, into putting them in a position to, to get that number one spot and to win this tournament come June. But listen, we talked about this game back and forth, the bigger storylines, the Mahomes' legacy, what it'll mean for Purdy, all this, all that. Ultimately, it comes down to who the, who the heck wins the game. Is it San Francisco? Is it Kansas City? So I'll just ask you straight up go across the board here starting with you dylan who wins super bowl 58 and why give me the chiefs um as much as i don't i i you know i'm a patriots fan i want brady's legacy to last for eons you know i want him to be the goat um but what mahomes is doing is undeniable and i i believe just the non-stop coverage the you know the the fact that the chiefs are so underneath the microscope of just every single little cog and and the fact that Andy Reid, no less, is such a great coach. And I think he's in Kyle Shanahan's head. You know, we we, t- we touched on this a little bit before, especially with Kyle Shanahan and his uh, continuous blunders and big playoff games. It's tough to overcome that. And, you know, it, it would be easier if he was going against, like, a lesser established team. Like, if the Ravens made it, I'd be more leaning towards the Niners. But I just think with just how 
great the Chiefs are overall. And Mahomes, you know, and I, I really am big on that defense of the Chiefs. I think they're just so solid, and they are a big reason why they even got this far. Because if if, Mah- if the Chiefs had a bad defense, Mahomes would have been out long before, especially with uh, some of the those slow starts that the Chiefs ha- had um, earlier in the playoffs and just in the season in general. But that defense kept them in time and time again, and and they have some really good names. Talk about their you know their D line with Frank Clark and their linebackers and second. You could go on and on. But I, you know, I just really think this is the Chiefs' time to really establish a new dynasty and a new age for the the NFL, which is what they want to, which is like the big hole that Brady left behind. And I do firmly believe that this is going to be the Chiefs' time to stamp that. Very well, could be. We'll see. To you, Dalton, who wins Super Bowl Fifty Eight and why? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the Kansas City Chiefs for me, and and really what it comes down to is is two things. It's it's recent form and it's the quarterback position. Um, you know, I, I liked Buffalo to beat Kansas City. I talked about it on this show. I liked Buffalo to beat Kansas City because of the way Buffalo had been running the ball, the way their defense had been playing. And I thought Josh Allen was a good enough quarterback to potentially win if it became a back-and-forth game. Kansas City slayed that dragon. I liked Baltimore to beat Kansas City as well. I think Baltimore has the NFL's best defense. Um, Kansas City's defense came out and outplayed them, found a way to get it done. Um, I think the two toughest games for Kansas City – in this playoff run are behind them. Um, I think this becomes a little bit of a coronation. I would not be surprised to see this game get out of hand, and I'll tell you why. Number one, quarterback play, Mahomes over Purdy. Not much of a doubt there. Who do we trust? Look, Purdy has proven a lot of people wrong, but this is a different type of stage. But for me, really what it comes down to is that 49ers defense has not been what it was all year. Uh, Green Bay moved the ball up and down the field on them. San Francisco had to come back desperately and barely win that game. We saw what Detroit did to them, jumping out to that huge lead, scoring 31 points against them. The Niners barely escaped that one. To be honest with you, I think there's a real argument to be made that the Niners are a little bit fortunate to be here. Um, I think that defense is running on some fumes. Um, I think this is just a, just, just a case where you have a more polished team all around that has kind of showed us over and over again now that even if Mahomes doesn't have the more talented roster, he's more ready for the moment, and that defense is too. They have their secondary is excellent. The linebackers are excellent. The defensive line is excellent. Dylan hit on all of that. Um, this San Francisco team, I, I legitimately, for me, I would not be surprised to see a final score of like 20 to seven in like a really boring game where Kansas City's defense just dominates it and, and Mahomes doesn't even have to do much. Um, that's kind of where I see this going. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm actually looking right now that you mentioned it being a low-scoring game. And, and, and listen, who, who knows? Maybe Kansas City is, is able to pull away uh, rather quickly. Uh, let's see. What is the over? Listen, Dalton, you're, you're our betting guy. I don't know. If, do you know the over-under off the top of your head? Because I'll, I'll pull it up here if you don't. It was uh, it was around 47. Um, I'm sure it's moved some. Um, no, 47 and a half. That's where it's at. 47 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. If you're getting plus money with Mahomes in this type of a game, his numbers against the spread when he's a favorite of less than three or he's an underdog are ridiculous. I mean, we're talking like 80% with those numbers. Um, this is this is a smash spot for me with Kansas City getting two points. Could be wrong. I don't think he's ever lost in the playoffs, by the way, as an underdog. Like this is, you know, this is kind of where he thrives. Uh to you, Alfred, who wins Super Bowl 58 and why? Uh, so the Chiefs are gonna win Super Bowl 58. And before I continue. Um, for those of you who think that Vegas knows everything, just remember the Chiefs were the dogs last year and they beat the favorite Eagles. They were they were two point dogs last year. I believe they're about two and a half point dogs this uh, coming into this Super Bowl, I believe. 
So um, that's number one. Number two, what 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 separates good from great is Patrick Mahomes and his ability to win. The greats always find a way to win. Like I like 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 I've said several times in the course of this show, he has less to work with on his offense than Purdy does on on his. But the guy, despite everything that's happened, because the Chiefs didn't have uh the dominant, the Chiefs didn't have the dominant regular season that everybody thought that they would have that they've had in previous years. Of course, they had the the opening night stunner where where Detroit beat them uh, in their house. Uh, they had games where they lost to the Raiders and the lowly Broncos. So and then they and they they can thank Tyler Bass for uh, for going wide right for how they advanced in uh in their first playoff game this year. So you know uh, we're not we're not seeing the usual dominance, but again the greats always find a way to win. That's why I call this man the Houdini of postseason football because he just he just has it in him. He he is a winner. That 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 is an intangible that you just have to have and cannot teach. The guy's shorthanded has the worst wide receiver core of any Super Bowl team that we've ever seen, and he's still got his team there. Granted, he has the greatest tight end in, in all the football right now, but I, I think it comes down to how, how well Mahomes plays. If Mahomes is the uh, Super Bowl-winning Mahomes we've seen twice previously, it's it's no doubt that, that Kansas City is is going to win this game. It may not be pretty, but I think that he's, he's going to win the game. Uh, like it was alluded to earlier, Brock, Brock Purdy, it's, 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 super, it's his first Super Bowl. Um, nobody even expected a Mr. Irrelevant starting quarterback to get to this point. Ten seconds down. Wrong, but, you know, championship games are a far different stage. Yeah, they are. And Kansas, most of Kansas City's playoff wins, really all of them have not been always aesthetically pleasing, but they've just somehow find a way to make a few more plays than, than the uh, opponents. So Alfred's also got Kansas City. Uh, AJ, going to make it a clean sweep here as Kansas City win? Uh, I'll try to make it a little more exciting, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I watched San Francisco and they look beatable against Green Bay and, and Detroit in that first half. They have the pieces and the skill and play that they came out in the second half and were able to, uh, be, be victorious in those games. Uh, and I don't think if you get behind against Casey, I don't think they're, I don't think that's gonna, they'll have enough to pull off a victory as we said throughout this, uh, cast. Um, Casey has a, a damn good defense, beat the Dolphins, holding them to six points, beating the Bills. Um, and the Bills only had one touchdown in the second half and beating the Ravens, who only had three points in the second half. So you look at the 49ers, 49ers have only scored in the playoffs here, 14 points in the first half. So, so a touchdown each in the, in their games. So if that trend continues, and Casey lock like shuts them down, locks them out essentially for that first half, and is able to just score consistently throughout the game. I just don't think San Francisco is going to be able to make that comeback. Um, I just think Casey's a little bit too more too uh, consistent in their scoring. Now, I will make a prediction. I think it'll be a close game, twenty-one to twenty for KC. I think 49ers score seventeen points in the second half. Make make a game of it, but it's it's uh, not going to be enough to win. Bold prediction, if I may. Rashi Rice wins MVP. No, okay. We got a receiver winning MVP. Listen, Brady to it. Brady Super Bowl is a receiver got MVP. Deion Branch and, and Julian Edelman. We, Jerry Rice won one in the 80s. So listen, sometimes with these dynasties, the receiver gets the MVP. By the way, underrated story. And, you know, people are discussing who could win MVP if it's not Mahomes uh, for the Chiefs. Could it be Travis Kelsey? Fun fact, if Kelsey were to win MVP, he'd be the first tight end in the history of the Super Bowl to, to accomplish such a feat. So it's never been done before, but if anybody can do it, it's Travis Kelsey. But Rashi Rice, I like that. But, and he, the kid's been really coming on uh, as of late. There's no question about it. Uh, so across 
across the board. By the way, guys, I'm also going with Kansas City, so we got a, a 5-0 sweep uh, across the board here. But there can be only one champion. Who made the best case uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl as we dial up the victory music? The winner for the 8 o'clock spot this week is... Dalton Brown, who wins once again on the 8 o'clock spot uh, here on the Grid Network. Do we have the victory music? Is it, is it, is it playing? There it is. There it is. Your reaction, Dalton. I don't... You're, you, you cut out there for a second. Say that again. You know, first, the first thing I'm going to do is take myself off mute. But, um, you know, look, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm the greatest ever. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, I think to, to continue to comment a little bit on the Super Bowl, um, to be honest, this Super Bowl is not for me as much about Mahomes. Like, yeah, the quarterback plays a reason why I like Kansas City. But, um, I, I mean, you know, I heard somebody say 17 points in the second half to be scored against Kansas City's defense. That is not happening. That is not happening. Um, the, the problem for San Francisco in this game is they are not going to be able to score, and Kansas City is is, is going to score early and then just put the clamps down on them. So that that's my final take. Um, if any, if anybody wants to let me have San Francisco under sixteen and a half second half team total at any odds less than minus two hundred, I'll bet you on it. Yeah, and that that's Kansas City's kind of been their bread and butter. I'm just off the top of my head, they gave up. I mean, their worst. I say that in air quotes. Defensive performance was against Buffalo. They gave up 24, but only one kind of fluky touchdown against Miami in the first round and then only giving up a, a single touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens, who were one of the more explosive offenses in football. And listen, this this feels like it could be a defensive battle. But let's look at the comments here real quick uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Mike Guido says the Niners roster is way better, but Mahomes simply doesn't lose. That's kind of what you were saying, uh, Alfred, earlier, talking about this sort of the intangible aspect of, of what Mahomes has been able to do, just sort of the, the refuse to lose. It sounds really, really cliche and really cheesy, really corny, but you know, sometimes that really does come down to that. Uh, Barry Grant Jr. in the comments, it will be in one of the more boring Super Bowls and the Chiefs will dominate and me laughing my ass off. Listen, it, it, it's very well, you know, that very well could be the case. And listen, the most boring Super Bowl, no offense, Dylan, that I can remember was that Super Bowl 53 Patriots Rams. That thing was a snoozer from start yeah. to finish. The halftime show sucked. It was, it was bad. It was bad TV. It was Pretty not good. Uh, there's no question about that, but, uh, listen, hopefully if it's a battle or not, and I feel like it could kind of lean that way. Uh, I think this could be a potentially a very, very fun and interesting Super Bowl. but, uh, shout out to everybody. Congratulations. Dalton Brown, once again, the champion at the eight o'clock spot, shout out as well to Dylan, to Alfred, to AJ for competing this week. And, uh, this should be fun next week, eight o'clock spot. We'll see y'all next Tuesday, at 8 PM Eastern, 5 PM Pacific time right here on the great networks, YouTube channel and Twitter account reaction of the Super Bowl. A lot to talk about. So very excited to, uh, to potentially be with some of these guys uh, next week. So we'll, we might have a new panelist or two uh, after the Super Bowl. But very excited. Congratulations to Dalton. Shout out to Dylan, to AJ, and to Alfred for a great show. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. And peace out. Happy Super Bowl.